You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. I want to say thanks for uh, being one of the local radio stations that's been brutally honest, but you guys have been in it from the ground floor, which is great. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Any sports show or hosts can make predictions, but these guys keep a record of theirs. Gentlemen, we are keeping score. Believing in their prognosticating abilities so much. Listen now as Phil, Judd, and Dave write that down. Write that down. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Now. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. That's right. Yeah, we, write yeah. down. We hold each other accountable, unlike other radio stations in this country. We, uh, we're all about accountability on this show, so we, uh, we will do that here in a second. We also have listener predictions that we will get to in this segment. If you have a prediction you want to go on the record with, email us any time of the week. Just put write that down or something similar in the subject line so we can differentiate it. Mackie and Judd at 1500ESPN.com. We have a couple a couple brand new first-time uh, predictors, long-time listeners this week that we're going to throw into the mix. Nice. But let's start with... In accountability session here, the three of us had three things combined come off the board, so pretty pretty easy week. The uh, the listeners had a couple things. We'll start with Dave here. Dave was very optimistic about the Wild in Game Two. You said Zucker and Stahl will both score a goal in Game Two. Still waiting, still waiting for that uh, Game Zucker Three. You got your Stahl goal. Yeah, say yeah. to be fair, some guy misheard that and tweeted that, hey, Harrigan predicted Stahl and Parisi would score tonight in Game 3. I saw Sounds that like tweet. a winner. So I get like a half point because I did predict that, but somebody thought I did. <laughs> I saw that tweet. I, was, I didn't remember that. Okay. Sorry, Dave. It's nice that listeners pay close attention, though, or at least sort of. It is close. Uh, Judd predicted very optimistically the Wild would win both Games 3 and Game 4. Nice effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tried. I said long ago... And we gave credit for this when the report came out that the Vikings and Eagles would play each other in week one. Got to take it off the board. It's no longer I a told hit. You. The league has reviewed it. Those it's radio, no longer a hit. Those, those reports on radio don't trust them. Bad beat. And I think it was one of those meathead Philadelphia stations too, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Bunch of... You learned your lesson. Good morning, Philadelphia. No. Shouldn't have put faith in them. Let let the let the expert reporters do the sports reporting. The what? Judd Zolgads, the Matthew Collars of the world. Let's let the expert radio guys welcome people to Philadelphia too. Oh, what's going on, Philadelphia? <laughs> Just full mask. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> Love that. Listeners had a couple things come off the board. Uh, Mike S. Also said the Vikings and the Eagles would play week one on Thursday night to open the season. Then I think he had Vikings-Patriots in week two. And uh, Don, so I don't know if this was a serious write-that-down prediction. This is from our guy Don Stoner on Twitter last week. But when you when you start a tweet or an email with write-that-down, 
you run the risk of like that's verbally binding. Yeah, you don't just send that's us something contract. that says right. That's a contract. No, yeah. Yes, yeah, that's your prediction. And he said Mackie and Judd will get at least seventy-five angry tweets and at least fifteen angry emails regarding today's Joe Mauer discussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which was correct. We actually did. I counted them. And so Don, maybe maybe you were oblivious in your submission, but you have scored a single for. Way to go, Don Stoner. The listeners. So the batting averages are uh, listeners are batting 333, slugging 667. Dave still sitting at 359, slugging just under 700. Judd, you're at a nice little 292, slugging 583. Feeling pretty good. And I'm mostly feast or famine uh, power guy, 239 average, but slugging just under 500. Mm. So uh, that's where we stand. Judd, you want to start us off with a prediction? Sure. Uh, I will start off with Write this. it down. You like writing things down. Wild prediction. As I have been saying for a week now, you can write down that Charlie Coyle will be traded by the Wild this offseason. Whomever the GM might be, whether it be Fletch or somebody new, Charlie Coyle will be dealt by the Wild this offseason. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. Okay. I will start this with a prediction I made Tuesday, I believe, but let's make it official. Shohei Otani will be both your Rookie of the Year and Most Valuable Player. He will win both of those awards. Bold considering his last performance, right? Gave up, kind of gave it up there. He's got a blister. It's going to happen. Fine. Give give me a home run then if I get it because it's much more bold now than it was on Tuesday. It is. It's definitely like you've bought stock at a lower Mm -hmm. price here hoping to ride it up. Write it down. You like writing things down. You're not getting a home run for that. Write this down. I don't know. I think that's a home run. If, if he just nailed the MVP and Rookie of the Year after the first, like, three weeks of the season. Nah, I'm not giving a home run triple. Oh, I say home run. Just on principle. I say home run, too. I think it's a home run. Yeah. Why, are you trying to, why are you trying to prevent I your teammates be... from hitting well? We're all on the same team here. No, I root for myself. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> we're that's why the ratings are in the tank. <laughs> <laughs> it's the darn boycotts. That's the problem. Write this down. All right, write this down. This is a, a two-item parlay here. Vikings draft related. The Vikings will trade down... From the 30th pick somewhere. And with their first pick, whenever that may be, they will take an offensive lineman. So they will trade down, and with their first oh, like pick, it. whether it's in the first round or second round, they will take an offensive lineman. Hopefully Mike McGlinchey, but I'm not sure if he's going to be there. Write this down. I'm doing the ESPN radio mock draft tomorrow. Or no, tonight. Tonight at like, I think it's like, like 7.15 is miss, the Vikings slot. Don't miss the call. Well, I'm very excited. Before. Yeah, I'm going to pick a punter at 30 and just hang up and just... Let them deal with the ramifications with pick 31. Don't do that to Freddie Coleman. <laughs> Write this down. <laughs> the Vikings open the season on September 9th against the 49ers at U.S. Bank Stadium. And getting into the end zone first for the Purple will be Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is going to score the Vikings' first touchdown of the 2018 regular season coming off an ACL tear. Are you predicting that that touchdown happens specifically in week one? He will score the Vikings, yes. In week one, he will score the first touchdown on Sunday, September 9th against San Francisco. Okay, I just want clarification. If they don't score a touchdown in week then one, but he wrong. scores in week two, then it would be wrong. Then it's okay. wrong. I am predicting that he scores the Vikings' first touchdown, and it's going to have to come for me to be right on September 9th. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that, Dan. The Twins are starting a seven-game road trip tonight, three in Tampa, and then four in New York against the Yankees. They will win at least four of the seven games. They will finish that road trip over 500. And at some point during these seven, we will witness Joe Maurer's first home run of the year. Okay, repeat that first part again. So I want to get this right. Twins so- will win at least four of the seven on the road trip. Okay. 
and Joe Maurer will hit a home run during the road trip. Okay. It's a good parlay. Pretty good parlay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think somebody else, one of our listeners, actually had a more aggressive road trip prediction here that we're going to get to in just a second. But uh, I'm going to go on the record with this. Write it down. You like writing things down. Carl Anthony Towns sitting and stewing for three days, listening to Shaq and Barkley rip him up and down, Stephen A. Smith. I mean, he has just been absolutely savaged by every talking head in the entire league. I think uh, Tracy McGrady was on one of the ESPN afternoon shows in the last couple days I saw on Twitter just ripping Carl Anthony Towns. Good job. I don't know if they're going to win game three. Probably not going to. But Carl Anthony Towns will bounce back individually, and he will score at least 25 points, grab at least 12 rebounds, and dish out at least three assists in game three. All right. So 25, 12, and three or better in each of those categories for Carl Anthony Towns. And what will be a valiant effort, at least for like the first half, and then the Wolves will uh, eventually succumb to the best team in the NBA. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write that down. I, I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that then. My final write that down for this week is that Logan Morrison will hit his first home run as a twin this weekend in Tampa Bay. Okay. Going back to Tampa Bay, playing in that bandbox of a dome, Lomo off to a phenomenally poor start <laughs> yeah. is going to hit a home run against the feeble Rays this weekend. Feeble. Write this down. Yeah, Chris Archer. They're in big With an trouble. ERA over yeah, seven. Yeah, that's true. They're aw- <laughs> and Kiermaier's like, out there awful. By the way, all these idiots talking about trading for Chris Archer for the last 12 months. <laughs> like, wow. Write it down. You like writing things down? Bunch of morons. Well, we know who says no. Twins would have said no, absolutely. Clearly. Uh, the uh, Wolves fans might be thrilled with the performance Carl Anthony Towns puts up uh, in Game 3. If your prediction comes true, Phil, unfortunately... They're still going to leave Target Center ha- unhappy both uh, after Game 3 and Game 4. The Wolves will lose each of those games by double digits. Okay. Thank God. Season will be over then. <laughs> Just put them, put well, them put out, them of, the out of their misery. There's is, no reason to continue no, this charade no, beyond four no, games. This right? is Just cruel. take your lumps. This is cruel and unusual punishment like, to have them continue playing. They've received enough information about what their flaws are, and Carl Anthony Towns has had enough negative feedback to go change his game a little bit in the offseason, right? Like, it's just, all right, good enough. Get the four games of experience and get the hell home. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, write this down. The Houston Rockets will win the NBA title, and they will win it once they get to the finals in five games or fewer. So they will beat the Warriors or whoever they play in the Western Conference Finals. I don't know. That might be a seven-game series. That will be the NBA championship, basically. But they will win the NBA title... In the finals, it will be five games or fewer. So they might even sweep. If they play the Cavs, mm-hmm. it's like it's LeBron and a broken deck. Kevin Love now has torn ligaments in one of his hands again. Don't dismiss the Sixers, man. Sixers are playing some good basketball. The Sixers are. They are. But, like, you think that team's going to. Don't dismiss the Sixers. Come on now. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. We have some listener predictions here, too. Let's just roll through these. If you want to uh, to chime in with your predictions, anytime during the week, just email us. Mackie and Judd at 1500ESPN.com. And we'll throw him in here. Uh, this is from Owen, first longtime listener, first time predictor. LeBron James will not play for the Cavs next year, and he will win an MVP award and a championship in the first year with his new team. A three-item LeBron James parlay. And the Rockets Owen will be coming good. in hot, baby. Rockets will be good next year with LeBron. Or the Spurs. Spurs could be outstanding with LeBron. Mm-hmm. We get Kawhi Leonard back in the mix too. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't maybe, think so. Maybe not. We'll see. All right. Brian predicts Byron Buxton will break the consecutive stolen bases record of this season. 
We have to figure out what that is, but I'm sure Dick and Bert will tell us about it if it happens. Tom F. predicts the Twins will win eight of their next ten games and move into second place in the American League by May 1st. So second place in the, okay. in the American League right. standings by, right. by May 1st. Um, Mike S. predicts Tim Tebow will be at quarterback for the Orlando team in the Alliance of American Football League by February 2019. I like this one. <laughs> I saw that one and I loved it. That's awesome. Wish I had stolen it. And he he prefaced it by saying Tebow's hitting 241 in double A, which actually it's like not too bad. It's pretty respectable. Uh, and then Connor, with our last listener prediction of the week, says Lindsey Whalen will bring in a top five national recruit in the 2019 or 20 recruiting class. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Boom. All right. Let's talk some more schedule here. The NFL, the NFL has started to listen to fans and media here and maybe even through a bone to ESPN. We can talk uh, more about that. Plus, Chris Singleton on Twins. We're going to get into the Heather Fleck versus Royce feud at the top of the hour, and we would absolutely welcome feedback and phone calls. So just uh, if you want to chime in on that, if you saw that playing out yesterday and you have thoughts on Patrick Royce or Heather Fleck or P.J. Fleck, we're going to do that at 11 o'clock today. Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studio. Mackie and Judd are back. I've been waiting for this for a long time. On 1500 ESPN. I think it's great to open at home. Um, you know, we were able to do that last year. And, uh, you know, with our fans, uh, I think it's a great way to kick off the season. The grass will be perfect there yeah. in uh, in Lambeau. And, uh, you know, typically that's not how it's been when we've played there late in the year. So uh, this, this uh, I, I think that's a good deal, too. All right, Vikings schedule came out. We all made our predictions off the top of the show today. Dave had them 12-4. and four. Mr. Positivity, Mr. Mr. Realism really is what Dave is, and he has him correctly at 12-4. Yeah. I've got 13 I, wins last year. What I, more? I hedged a little late in the year. I thought maybe Detroit would be playing for a wild card spot there, and, and the Vikings would slip up late in the season. So I have them 11 and five, and Judd has them 10 and six. I think might be the most optimistic Vikings record prediction you've delivered in the five seasons that we have uh, done so. Yeah, far. I think so. I landed at nine wins last year, and they won 13. But this is, or at least looks like, a very tough schedule. Unofficial, write that down prediction on the mock schedule yesterday. Judd predicted 12 wins. Yeah, down and- to six today. He will go down further before the season begins. That's an unofficial write that down prediction. Down, down to eight and eight. I don't think so, Dave. <laughs> That's why I didn't make it an official, because I'm not totally sold on it either. I don't even know if you can go 9-7 or lower. I don't think I will. I think that I, I sat down last night and grinded the schedule for a good hour, and I, I'm very comfortable at 10 wins. I grinded this. I grinded through this thing. Something might happen. Anything could happen. A lot of time to get through this training camp. Sure. Uh, I, you know, the, the NFL put out, there was some report from a couple weeks ago that we didn't bring up on the show that the NFL was going to get rid of the color rush Thursday uniforms and just put better games on now that Fox is going to carry Thursday night games. So it's NFL Network and Fox are going to combine. Well, NBC gets the opener, and then NFL Network gets weeks two and three. And then Fox is going to take for Thursday night weeks four, five, six, basically through uh, Thanksgiving-ish. And then there's an NBC game in there. But anyways, they've said, all right, color rush uniforms, there's, it's ridiculous. Just put a good game on. There's got to be three to four good games every week. Put mm-hmm. one on Thursday if you're going to do Thursday games, one on Sunday night, one on Monday night, and then uh, you can have that 3 o'clock Fox and or CBS national window as well. I've said you don't need to put big-time games at noon on the networks because those are regional games, and and fans are going to watch their favorite teams. Like if the Vikings are playing the Cleveland Browns at noon on a Sunday – 
fans are going to watch it, even though it's going to be a terrible game. Jaguars and Bills, right? Like, you don't need to put that crappy game on a Thursday night because Bills and Jaguars fans are going to watch it regionally. So I like that they seemingly have beefed up the Thursday night schedule compared to previous years, although they do have the uh, customary Jaguars-Titans matchup in Week 14. Because they have to show some, yes. Right. Like, what would Thursday night be if it wasn't a Jaguars-Titans matchup? But but they give you Falcons-Eagles. Yeah. They get, there is a Jets-Browns situation there in Week 3, but Vikings-Rams, Colts-Patriots, if Andrew Luck is back, that's an interesting game. Uh, you got some of the divisional rivalry games like Eagles and Giants. Uh, there's a couple clinkers like Miami and the and the Texans in Week 8, uh, but Raiders and Niners with Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo, so it feels like they've beefed up Thursday night, at least on the surface. I think what Fox did and what CBS didn't do previously when, when they had the rights and, and what NBC couldn't do was I think Fox went to the league and said, take away good Sunday games from us and give us those on th- Thursday night. So I think it was done purposely by Fox saying, because the one thing that's not talked about a lot is I think every network has the right to protect. It's like three to five games. So the, the schedule per comes week, out per week. No, no, oh, per year. So they, so if there's a marquee Sunday noon game, they'll say you can't change that. That game can't be flexed. And I think it's, I think it might be five games. Uh, but I think what Fox did in this case was Fox said, if we're going to pay th- this much and sort of come up with a whole plan for a Thursday night telecast, yeah, just give give us what previously would have been a protected game, and NBC because they they've got Sunday nights really couldn't do that. And CBS, I don't think, thought to do it, and it makes a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. But but this is the this also is, and I'm not surprised here. But as much as we've talked for the last few few years about Thursday night football, just dump it. Guys are we perceive guys are getting hurt. The games stink. Just get rid of of the entire package. The league is doubling down now and saying, no, no, no. We we can make more. And if you notice the other place where some people have been like, dump this idea and the league is now actually making it stronger, games in London. Three games in London this year. I think they're all in consecutive weeks, and it's some actually good games. What are the games? I've got them right here. Let's see. That's right here. Week eight, Philadelphia, Jacksonville. Because J- Jacksonville's got a, a, a traditional home game there. You know what's amazing see, before you go to the other games? Yep. Like Jacksonville was such an unwatchable tire fire for like 10 years. Yep. And now I know it's not the most fun. Like Blake Bortles isn't must watch, and they play mostly a defensive style, but. The Jaguars can play some ball now, and uh, and and what like, they used to put the Jaguars in London, and you'd say, "Oh my God!" Like the Jaguars, but now you say, "All right, yeah, I can watch the Jaguars." Mm-hmm. Okay, Jaguars gave gave some good teams a run for their money last year, and maybe have a chance to get uh, deep in the playoffs again. So, Jaguars, congrats on being Jaguars watchable are again. Not unwatchable, yes. So it goes uh, week six in London is Seattle and Oakland. Uh, week seven is Tennessee and the Chargers, which is not an awful game. It's not great, but it's not terrible. And week eight, Eagles, Jags. All right. But this is, I think what that is, is this league is getting closer and closer to eventually re- relocating or expansion there. Don't you? I, I hope not, honestly, because I just feel like the logistics for travel, uh, we've talked about baseball putting a team in Puerto Rico, if not for all the infrastructure issues there. If sure. there were no infrastructure issues, that travel would be much less aggressive than London, where I suppose you would just, if you had a game on the West Coast, if you're playing, if let's say it's an AFC team in London, and uh, and you're playing you know, AFC West teams, 
you go you got to go to Los Angeles to play the Chargers or something. I mean, do you just stay in the mainland? I guess like that. That just yeah. I don't love guess. it for logistical reasons. I I agree. They're but probably going to do it. Money. Yeah. Uh, Monday night games don't seem like quite as much of a dumpster fire. They give you, you know, I don't know. Like there's all they put a lot of Buccaneers, Bears. It's so hard to tell right now too. It is. I'll give you the. the I haven't done comb through all the schedules because uh, I love I love football, but I don't love football enough to comb through all the schedules. But I did look at a couple just for fun, and I saw some people from like different radio stations around the country tweeting about their team schedules. The Kansas City Chiefs have gone to the playoffs on a regular basis. Andy Reid's one of the best coaches in the NFL's history to never win a Super Bowl, and uh, and and they're they're looking to maybe take a step forward with uh, a, a reset at quarterback and whatever. The Kansas City Chiefs are dead on arrival on paper. Here's how they open their season. At the Chargers, which is, that's a tough team. The Chargers almost made the playoffs last year. Phillip Rivers, that's actually a really good team. At Pittsburgh, home against San Francisco, Mm -hmm. which is probably going to be a playoff team. At tough Denver, home against Jacksonville, and then at New England in the first six weeks. Oof. That might be a rough ride for them. Yes. That was the toughest one that I looked at, just kind of combing through schedules. The Packers starting in week eight, four or five on the, the road. They go to the Rams, the Seahawks, the Patriots, and then they, they have the Dolphins at home on the 11th of November. Whew. And then they end that stretch at the Vikings yeah. on the 25th. Yeah. They're home once we, from week seven through week 12. The Packers are home once. Yikes. So you could so the Vikings could have a chance when, when they play the Packers here to basically bury them. Yeah. That would essentially if the Packers start to slump, that would, would be it. Here's the one thing that absolutely shocks me about the Vi- Viking schedule. How is week one not a primetime game? Garoppolo Cousins? Cousins first game? Well, but I'm the, really surprised by that. I mean, they're yeah, but and there's, there's a lot of buzz around. But there's so many. Well. There, there's only so many primetime slots, and look at what they have in week one. So, thir- so the first Thursday night game is Falcons and Eagles. Mm-hmm. That's a more that's that's the defending yeah, Super Bowl champions have, against a, a team that went to the Super Bowl the year before. Yep. Uh, your first Sunday night game is a Bears Packers classic rivalry. They're trying to put a classic rivalry game. So I get it. It's the oldest. It's like the hundredth year of Packers football, and it's a class. It's Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so I would say the only like the tweak you could make is the Monday night back to back. You get you get Jets and Lions. Yeah, I was, you could do you better. Could, you than could you could swap out Jets and Lions you, for Vikings and uh, you could have done 49ers. Much than that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, one other note on the Vikings schedule: they do get three potential cold weather road games. It depends on the weather middle of November in Chicago, but November 18th at Chicago has potential for some at least somewhat frigid, windy weather. And then at New England in December and at Seattle in December as well could be cold, could be windy, cold. sort of miserable. Maybe uh, you got that night game in Seattle on December 10th. So, all right, we'll get we can give some more thoughts on the Vikings schedule later on. But uh, we got to get to some stuff you should know about with Dave Chris Singleton on Twins and baseball in an hour. Game show Friday, Fleck versus Royce, Heather Fleck that is versus Royce in a half hour. What's next in stuff, Dave? Got a very upset hockey coach. We got a major uh, stupid move in baseball last night and uh, somebody with his very own Steve Harvey moment. All right. Let's uh, let's talk for a minute about Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard, which is the dealership and service department my family and I have been going to for 30-plus years. 
Uh, I love to go onto the pre-owned vehicle section of their website, LutherBrookdaleToyota.com, just to you know, once in a while check out some of the, the used cars. Right now I'm in the middle of a three-year lease on a 2016 Toyota Corolla, and I love it very much. But oftentimes some of the best deals you can find are on Toyotas that might be I don't know, 9, 10 years old or have some mileage on them. Uh, and you can get, like, here's an example. This is... Let's see here. A 2014 Toyota Camry SE, so a sport model, with just 82,000 miles on it, going for $12,495. Now, you get uh, the ability to connect to your phone to the car in this vehicle. 82,000 miles might sound like a lot, but really, like, I've driven Toyotas up to 250, almost 300,000 miles before, so you have plenty of life on it. And you get it for... Uh, a really fair price. So there's all kinds of examples like that. LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Check them out. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Beginning of the year, they struggled a little bit to find some chemistry, but they're very close friends. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. That stuff you should know about is sponsored by Free Prints. Print up to 1,000 photos on your phone for free with Free Prints. Download the app and choose photos on your phone or on social media. Prints arrive in just days. Download it now at freeprints.com. Mackey and Judd Show, give me a go, no go for stuff you should know about. Hosts, go. Producer, we're go. Technical, go. Music, go. Volume, go. The actual stuff, we are go. Control, we are a go. You are clear to launch stuff you should know about. We are go for launch. Hey, Dave Harrigan, there is nothing better than a PO'd torts. A mad hockey coach is great, and torts being mad is my favorite thing. No, I'm not going to play that first, just because you want it today. <laughs> I am so excited for this. I've I'm heard out. it once, but I can't hear it enough. Actually, jump back a few days to some other hockey angst that was going on. This was from Monday, and I just uh, picked it up today. Boston Bruins, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. It was game three Monday. Bruins already up 2-1, but they'd moved to Toronto, and it was a one-goal game. Leafs were up early in the third period. And a Leaf player went down with what appeared to be an apparent injury. And, uh, well, you'll hear the uh, Boston announcer, Jack Edwards, not thrilled with what happened afterwards. The pass just under Marshan's stick. Anderson down on his front. There's a bone sticking out of his leg, oh. but that is utterly ridiculous. I mean, the Bruins are on the power play. It's the third period of a playoff game. It's a one-goal game, and you're going to stop the play for a guy who's still conscious? That's Edwards is unbelievable. That's like the criteria. Okay, when, when should we stop the game? I don't know. Is he bleeding out or unconscious? The wild answers are no. over, check his pulse. Yeah, there's something there. Let the play go. The wild guys compared to him sound like the most unbiased professional announcers in the history of the world. Oh, man. Jack Edwards is, that's him. He used to do a lot of those This Is Sports Center commercials, yeah, too, way back guy. in the day. Yeah. yeah. Raging Bruins homer now. Man. All right. Here you go, Judd. John Tortoletta. Tortor- Tortorella. He's a beaut. His Blue Jackets got their butts handed to him last night. 4-1, losing their second game in a row at home to the Capitals, which means that series is now all square at two games apiece. 
Torts, he, he was pretty good for about three, three and a half, four minutes, something like that. He was happy to answer the questions, just talking about it was a bad game. We didn't play very well. He was he was calm. He was collected, and then he'd had enough. We weren't good. There's no sense asking me things about the game. I'm telling you, we laid an egg, so I'm not going to break it down for you. We sucked. We sucked. So let's move by it and see if we play better Saturday afternoon. Were you a little surprised then that it didn't pick oh. up going into oh the second God. period? Down only one nothing oh after that first. Were you a little surprised it didn't pick up we in the second? We laid an egg. That's all I have to say, guys. I'm sorry. I'm not going to break it down for you. Nothing went well for us. It's on us. We have to figure it out, and we will. Why do you think is that? Is it fatigue? Is it nerves? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> hey, good for him. Good for him. You know, all right, the, the last, the first quote that, that you played was the only thing that you need, right? If you're a reporter, that quote, we sucked, it's, suffices. It's you're great. Good. Yeah, so, you're good. so and, and torts, torts at times can be a jackass. But in this case, I'm on team torts. Let, just stop. If you, if it's been, if it's been three and a half minutes of the same questions, and he says stuff like "we sucked, we laid an egg, we weren't good," you got enough. Yeah. Well, do you think those follow-up questions are just like trying to poke him, or do you think it's actual journalists trying to get their question in? And I think the last person was actually trying to get to a reason why, and he's he said, "I'm I don't know, we just stunk." See, not even hockey was... coaches can break down the game. I have no idea what's happening out there. Just a was... bunch of Plinko on skates. I don't know. It's pinball. So this proves your point from yeah. two days ago. <laughs> it did. Oh, my God. <laughs> Torch doesn't even know. The guy's been coaching for years. Joel Embiid was back in action last night. Did you see the mask he was wearing for the uh, yes. Yeah, it was like a dark night kind of a thing. Oh, I liked right. it. It was very nice. Black Scary. mask. Yeah, kind of dark night-ish. Had the, uh, the clear goggles kind of over the top of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, did you also see Justice Winslow trying to destroy that mask? Good for him. Stomping on the goggles that had fallen off, and uh, he oh. just kind of gave him a nice stomp and tried to rip them apart with his hands. And, well, after the game, Embiid said, yeah, I, I noticed. Justice uh, stepped on it and tried to break it with his hands, uh, man. But little uh, dude that knows that I have about 50 of them, so he's going to take much more than that to get me out of this series and um I'm gonna be a nightmare for them too. I love dude he's That's awesome. wonderful trash talk at the end. Man, if you guys if you could guarantee Embiid's health for at least seventy games a year, would you would you make the instant swap right now, cat for Embiid? Yes. Because I think if if like if you knew he was going to be on the court, I think I would make that swap. He's just much more just, entertaining of a quote. Yeah, yeah he, oh, too. definitely. Yeah. Give me is. the personality. Definitely yeah. is. But he's never helped. <laughs> yeah. Evan Gaddis, you like him? He's a nice little hitter for the uh, Houston Astros. Big guy, is it yeah. like one of the more fun hitters to watch, just because of his beard and like how he grinds the bat with no batting gloves no batting into gloves. sawdust? Just love that. Yeah. <laughs> Last night he stepped to the plate, nobody outs, runners on first and second, ready to do some damage against the Mariners, boys. Here's the 1-0, and it's a check swing, grounder over to third base, Seager steps on third, goes to second, so a double play that way. They were thinking three there, and what's Gaddis doing here? Gaddis needs to, Gaddis is running off the field, he's going to get tripled off. This is going to be a triple play. Did he forget how many outs there were? He forgot how many outs there were. Oh, oh my no. goodness. So they got the force at third, the force at second. Gaddis was getting ready to round back into the Astros' dugout. <laughs> 
and they tagged him out, and it's a triple play, just like that. <laughs> wow. Oops. Just, he does seem like a bit of a meathead, right? Astros were in the third base dugout, and he was basically to the pitcher's mound at that point. But I'm, <laughs> every time Robinson Cano, Cano had, wait, what, what is he doing? Go take him out. <laughs> Me mash baseball. <laughs> Me it wasn't no a home care. run, so I'm yeah. done. <laughs> Me no care. <laughs> Remember the Steve Harvey Miss Universe uh, issue a yes. few years back? He announced the wrong winner and had to correct himself, and it was all really embarrassing. Apparently, this happens in UFC fights, too. It was oh, boy. A fight card, I believe, oh, no. in Alaska a night or two ago. Yeah. For your winner, David. Oh, excuse me, my bad. Elijah <laughs> Young Snipes Terrell. <laughs> My bad. I called it wrong. My bad. Sounds like dark. I got the scores right. I got the winner wrong. My bad, my friend. I'm sorry. Our judges called it 29, 28, 29, 28, 30, 27 for your winner, David, the Coffee Boss Booker. (laughs) So did you catch all of that? So, he, all right, he got it right. So he got it right and then, corre- and then corrected wrong. to the wrong answer. But he had it right originally, so he then paused and got it right. I have so many questions. <laughs> Starting with, how did he not oh. sound flustered? He sounded completely confident in the call the whole time. Are you winner? David, the co- oh, excuse me, my bad. <laughs> Elijah <laughs> Young Snipes Terrell. My bad. My okay. bad. Can I point out something else? So this is like some obscure boxing match in Alaska. UFC in Alaska, yes. Was it MMA or was it a UFC branded card? It could not have been. That wasn't Bruce Buffer. Well, no, it certainly <laughs> was. You know, I will double check. Fighting out of Alaska, fighting next to a polar bear. I feel like we need to stop. If you're not one of the top boxers or fighters in the world, you don't need the lame like middle name nickname. Can we play that one more time? Like what was this guy's here? Let me let me grab well, it. The last guy was coffee boy. David, the co- oh, excuse me, my bad. Elijah Young Snipes Terrell. So we have the coffee boy and Young Snipes. This was no. the Alaska Fighting Championship 139. <laughs> there's been a hun- MMA, of there's course. There's been 139 of these. That's Alaska Fighting <laughs> Championships. I mean, I, I don't know. I like the nickname. When do you, when do you get a nickname? I want to be coffee Phil? boy. I- I want to be Coffee Boy. That's a great nickname. <laughs> it's I feel like if too. you're still fighting in Alaska, you you don't have a nickname yet. Well, the Italian Stallion I, got one, and he was a he was in Philadelphia. He's he a top five market. He was a tomato can. He was tomato can. I want to go back and ask the question again. How do you screw something up so thoroughly and yet sound so <laughs> confident in yourself? Like at some point, don't you sound conciliatory? Like, uh, yeah, you know, folks, I'm not very good at what I'm <laughs> He's doing. He's like, oh, oh, my bad <laughs> again. The, the Coffee Boy. <laughs> like you're an idiot um last one speaking of uh ufc and mma somebody's getting a lot of money not to do mma or ufc have you seen the details on brock lesnar's new contract with the wwe philip i have not this is you're breaking wwe news to me this is great for every tv appearance just to stand there while While paul Paul Heyman heyman speaks on your behalf one hundred twenty-seven thousand dollars Every time he actually gets in a little dust-up with a wrestler and has a fight in the ring, we up that to six hundred thirty-seven grand. So if he goes in and it's an, it's not a match and he just, like, gives someone his patented suplex series or F5, he gets paid over a half million dollars. Okay. Yeah, that's right. 
It's it's good to be Brock. So is so he's on a. It's not like an annual salary. It's just like whenever they want to summon him, they can summon him as often as they want, as long as they pay these fees, right? Do you think he actually has to be summoned, or do you think if you are WWE just has an event in uh, you know Charlotte, he, he shows just up? shows up randomly? All right, pay up. <laughs> Wait. You're not supposed. I don't care. Pay up. He yeah. he, he spends yeah. two hundred bucks on a, on a nice ticket, yes. you know, because it's a loss leader at that point. Shows Brock, up. Brock needs a new car. Let's go. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, actually, here's a question to think about for the rest of the show: Is there something that you could get paid to do in the way that Brock Lesnar does, where he just stands in the middle of the ring while someone else does his talking for him? I guess it could be like when Judd talks hockey, and I just stand here next to the microphone. I get paid for it. It's great. <laughs> Not that much, but yeah, yeah. Be certainly not that much. Um, all right, top of the hour, Fleck versus Roycey. We're gonna break it all down. We got uh, some baseball talk and Twins talk with Chris Singleton at 11:30. We still have uh, game show Friday. It's Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad. The thing that you can't overlook is how good they are. Mackie and Judd. They've been at the forefront on 1500 ESPN. You and I both know casual Friday isn't enough, so sign your business up for the 28th annual Dress for LLS and enjoy casual Thursdays as well this May. Businesses across the state will be coming together in May to join LLS in the fight against blood cancers for a minimum donation of just $5. Participants earn the right to dress casual or in a company theme. The top company will receive a bowling party at Park Tavern. For more info or to register, visit 1500ESPN.com. The keyword is events. I want to mock. Mock! I want to mock. Mock! Gentlemen, it's getting down. Getting down there. Counting the days. Yeah, less than a week now. Yep, and the NFL draft full coverage right here on 1500 ESPN. Pretty much every night, for sure, Thursday night is going to be the night that uh, all the festivities kick off. And by the way, uh, not only are we going to have coverage from, I'm going to keep calling it the new winter park. That's going to be what I call it because I just don't want to. It takes forever to say Twin Cities Orthopedic Egan Facility. There you go. Okay, the Egan Vikings Facility. Yep. Uh, We're going to do a Facebook Live watch along too during the draft here from the studio, and we're going to have coverage breaking in every so often, just like local angles and analysis on uh, 1500 ESPN and the streaming platform in the app. So so join us next Thursday for sure. I have stumbled upon a two-round mock draft. Dave Harrigan found this on sportsblog.com. Sportsblog.com? Sportsblog.com! Sportsblog.com. Tyler Davis is the mocker. And instead of having like his picture next to his name, it's just like... An anonymous avatar, so I don't know. It's like anonymous mocker guy on sportsblog.com. 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 Yeah. Mocker X. <laughs> he's like a he's like a lucha libre with a mask on. <laughs> Pull his mask off. See who the mocker is. Mocker Mysterio. All right. He's got in round one. We'll just go through some of the, the key picks here and then we'll get to the Vikings. Number one overall to the Cleveland Browns, quarterback Sam Darnold. He's got Bradley Chubb going number two to the Giants. Josh Rosen to the Jets at three. Let's see here. Saquon Barkley falling to the Broncos at five. Quarterbacks going at 12 to Buffalo. Josh Allen, 15 to the Cardinals in Baker Mayfield. And 27th to the Saints, a replacement for Drew Brees. Mason Rudolph, Oklahoma State. Mm. And number 30, mm-hmm. according to sportsblog.com. 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 
offensive guard from Georgia, Isaiah Wynn. But that's not all. There's a second round here. Whoa. There's a second round. Whoa. Lamar Jackson going to the Chargers as Phillip Rivers' replacement with the 16th pick of the second round. And with the 30th pick in the second round, the 62nd pick overall, according to sportsblog.com. 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 The Vikings select wide receiver James Washington from Oklahoma State. I want to mock. Mock. I want to mock. Mock. Uh, James Washington from Oklahoma State. That's an offensive heavy System and an offensive-heavy conference, so these numbers taken with a grain of salt. But that dude went for 74 catches, 1,549 yards, and 13 touchdowns last year, and he averaged 21 yards per catch. That's pretty aggressive. Six foot, hundred, yeah. let's see, 205-pound wide receiver. I could definitely see them being bored with. Uh, the first-round draft pick, Laquan Treble, from a couple years ago. But they're not, well, they should be. Now that they signed Kendall Wright, that guy's in his prime. He's like 28 years old, so they're not but desperate only, for a wide receiver. But it's only a one-year contract for Kendall Wright, correct? It is, but you're in a so win-now window. A one, right, but I'm just saying that it might be a one-year investment in Kendall Wright, and then if you draft a guy, although I think you're right. Or maybe it's because you don't want right to pay Diggs down. in two years. I think your your uh, write-that-down is correct, though. I do think that they're going to trade that first-round pick. I think they're going to bail backwards. Because Spielman loves to get picks. He's got, do they have seven right now? Are, are they back up to seven with supplementary picks? I think it's actually eight now. I think they All got right. three supplements because it was five, and then I think they landed a bunch okay, of sixth so and seventh If they're rounders. up to eight now, he likes to have ten. If he goes backwards and gets out of the first round and still gets a guard in the second round, they'll be up to ten picks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would be, if if you're a mocker out there, if you're on sportsblog.com. 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 If you're on any of these big heavy hitter websites and you don't have the Vikings taking an offensive lineman with one of their first two or three picks, I think you should reevaluate your mocking career. Really. And maybe do you something should. else? I, don't I, know. I mean, maybe get into another line of mocking. What what if you were born to mock? <laughs> you're put on this earth by God to mock. I want to mock. Mock. I want to mock. Mock. The Lord touched you and said, "You are born to mock." That round one pick is still really upsetting to me personally. Who's the name again? You know, I deleted it. I I closed out of Whatever. the window. It doesn't matter. Isaiah something. <laughs> it's not Billy Price. <laughs> Why is it upsetting to you if they don't take him? Oh, I've been doing so much research on the guy. I know I know everything about him. I mean, from I mean, obviously we know what happened at the combine, right? He got the uh, the torn pec trying to do the yeah. the uh, bench press. You know, trying to come back from that injury is tough. But did you realize at the combine? Even after he tore the peck, yeah. they wanted him to continue to do the bench press. He yeah. said, fine, but it's going to be half price. I want to mock. Mock. I want to mock. Mock. But then it's going back to his college days. Dave can't even. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, a guy like this, as a high schooler, he's bigger than stronger than everybody. Right? He can just shove people around. Doesn't matter. But you get into college, Big Ten football, for instance, at Ohio State. All of a sudden, you're going up the guys against guys who are bigger and just as big and strong as you. Oh, so, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, right. they had to work out them. Uh, you know, working on leverage. That's what it's all yeah. about. It's an offensive lineman. You know why? Yeah. You want to get the lowest price. I want to mock. Mock. I want to mock. Mock. But then talking about those That's high great. school days, you know, when he, when he went to high school, they had a field that was way on top of a hill. 
he had he was so highly thought of and touted, obviously. He had a student manager that was his own personal, uh, basically just did anything he wanted. He was like an own butler, basically. Oh, I'm sure he was. His job, the manager's job before every single practice and every single game, drive up the price. I want a mock! Mock! Actually, you know what, Judd? I'm not sure if you knew this about, what's his name again? Brian Price? <laughs> That's Billy Price. Billy Price? <laughs> Billy Price? Oh, no. Price is right. You know, he was growing up, he was a big golf fan. Did you know that, Judd? No, I didn't. Big golf fan. In no, fact, uh, no when idea. he was watching the 1994 PGA Championship and his family was all uh, rooting for Jeff Sluman and mm-hmm. Jesper Parnovic, mm-hmm. he said, no, no, no. I'm rooting for Nick Price. Nick Price? Dave. No. I'm the one who tries to trump the jokes in this room. Not you. Sorry. Stay in your lane. No, I, I took it too far. Did I just BASF the... Did oh, I, without a doubt. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> hey, uh, Heather Fleck and Patrick Royce were chirping at each other on Twitter yesterday. Let's roll up the sleeves and dive into... Uh, I have my popcorn. I literally sat there for two hours last night and was literally eating popcorn, watching the comments come in. So uh, open phone lines on this, too. 651-646-8255. Team Fleck. Team Roycey will break it down next.